Welcome to Battling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Going fantastic. You know who's on with us tonight? No, who? John Van Beriker. <laughs> How you doing, John? I'm all right. How you doing? Not too shabby. How you doing? It takes us so long to actually start recording. Because we all say we're it waiting does. for everybody else. So, John, we've had you on for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> wow. at least. But we've talked I about think, stuff. No, actually, I think I, I logged in here. Like, it, like I've got the timer going. I logged in at about noon today, and it's, uh, <laughs> what, 8.24 at night. Yeah. It's but we're all, doing, we're all doing different things. I'm turning air conditioners off. Derek's renting canoes and talking to people. John's running around the neighborhood naked. I, <laughs> there's things going on, man. We're all multitasking. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, John's multitasking because he's singing while he's running naked. Oh, that was... <laughs> apparently I got to silence my phone. And now you've not silenced your phone, Derek. It is now. Way to go. It's my work phone. Way to I go. To oh, it's your work on. phone. Yeah, sure. sure all that phone. time. All, that, All time. that time. Those two hours you've been here, John, and he couldn't turn his ringer off. I forgot it was on. You forgot it was on. It's off now. Any, any, anything else, Derek? Are you ready to go now, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is your beer empty? Would you like me to go get you another beer? I would. Well, forget it. We're recording now. <laughs> What's happening, guys? Not much. I'm, I'm in the middle of... I'm in the process of... Uh, repairing a canoe that's why i reached out to tomogamy outfitters i uh there's more repairs to my canoe than i'm uh than i'm willing to risk my children's lives on <laughs> or yours are your children just an excuse for you not to risk your life maybe <laughs> yeah yeah way to go Derek. so when i was out canoe polling on whatever creek river thing oh duffins duffins so I hammered holes in the uh, in oh, the air pocket. That's right. That's so right. I filled that sucker with low expansion foam. So it's got some foam squirting out of little tiny holes everywhere. So now I just got to seal up that with silicone so water doesn't get into the foam. And Was foam coming out like the bottom, like at the hull of the canoe? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, just the... Uh, I, say, I didn't think you hit it that hard. No, no. <laughs> it was coming out the breather hole plus the hole I popped in the base of it and... Uh, now the whole thing's. It, I bought low expansion foam, so don't expand it a little bit. So, but you could see it's. It looks a little puffy. <laughs> you could probably sell that canoe for about eighteen thousand dollars right now <laughs> on on eBay. <laughs> so uh, I have to. I have to seal. The, I was supposed to do it today, but it rained. But I got to seal the cracks in the hull with silicone. And uh, when I power washed it today, I discovered a uh, three-inch long crack in the side of it. So. Really? Yeah. And the yoke is, uh, the screws are starting to pull out, so i got to go buy some four or five-inch screws to drill into the, But right now it only has three-inch screws, so it's, they're starting to pull out of the, out of the yoke. You know what? <laughs> you look like one of those guys that need to start one of those canoe gardens in his front yard. <laughs> <laughs> I like Martin Garster's. He's done a really good job. I saw that. Yeah. Like it's it's really popping. It's and I saw somebody ask him today, so did you drill some holes in the bottom of that so it'll drain out properly? You don't flood it? Martin goes, Yeah, that might have happened naturally on the river. <laughs> <laughs> There's another oops. <laughs> <laughs> well when you send a canoe over a waterfall, it doesn't it it, it uh he fared better than the canoe, I think. He did yeah. heal. Or the canoe didn't heal. 
He ah. healed. Self self healing canoes. Yes. Oh, self repairing. Yeah. Is that the canoe from the Burt Reynolds run? It is on the Noir yeah. River in Quebec. Okay. Okay. So if you saw pictures of it online, he's got a really nice flower bed in his backyard with it, and it looks <laughs> fantastic. It's, uh, it's the huh. canoe's just sitting there at the edge of his yard, and it's like growing gangbusters with uh, all kinds of flowers and stuff. It uh, looks really good. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yours is going to look the same. <laughs> well, you know, if, if it goes that way, if I can't k- keep this thing re- repaired, then that's going to be its its demise. It'll it'll become yard artwork. Yard artwork. Yard work. <laughs> what about you, John? Anything uh, good and exciting happening? I'm glad you said good <laughs> because I was <laughs> because all the stuff I got to talk about. Uh-oh. It's like repairing lawnmowers. I'm not repairing canoes. I'm repairing lawn. I got two broken lawnmowers. Well, it's just because you're trying to keep up with your neighbors. <laughs> That's just not possible for one man. <laughs> um. So, do you keep them up on when they're broken? You keep them up on blocks in the front yard. <laughs> yes. It's got little, yes. little old patio bricks. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just been uh, I've been just doing a lot of stuff, you know, like that stuff around the house. I've had for whatever reason I've had the electronics death touch lately. I had crashed a five terabyte hard drive and nice got a, mm-hmm. got a bad laptop I had just purchased and so yeah so yeah happy days. So that's, <laughs> that's what I've been doing and I haven't been on I'm trying to think I I've been on the water once since we last talked. Yeah, you oh, yeah? you had a bunch of things. That we were supposed to do and you haven't done. I know. Why, 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 yeah. why are you even having you on the show? <laughs> it's like you're a motorcycle driver now or something. <laughs> well, yeah, you are here to help me talk about a new segment this week. Oh, God. Woo! <laughs> I did it's, not agree to this segment. You don't get a choice. The new segment is an update of Derek's Book Club. It is Derek's Audio Book Club. So now, not only does Derek not have to read the books, he doesn't have to listen to them. (laughs) I am on another book, uh, because I finished the the West Hanson book, which was pretty good. Uh, I've got two of them. uh, One right now I'm reading, reading, I still say reading, though I'm not reading it, I'm listening to it. Paddling North, a solo adventure along the Inside Passage by Audrey Sutherland. Uh, I've just started. I'm not that far into it. Uh, what do they say here? An epic memoir of an intrepid solo adventurer, a woman who lived by the philosophy, go simple, go solo, go now. She decided age 60, you're almost there, Derek. I'm almost there. To undertake a solo summer-long voyage along the southeast coast of Alaska in an inflatable kayak. Paddling North is a compilation of Sutherland's first two of over 20 such annual trips. And her day-by-day travels through the inside passage from Ketchikan to Skagway. In 22 years, she encountered over 30 bears, four wolves, hundreds of whales... Her lifelong philosophy, Go Simple, Go Solo, Go Now, is illustrated in this reflection-filled story of kayaking adventure. So she started at 60. She was doing that for 22 years. That puts her at 82. 
Yeah. Whoa, I mathed. <laughs> you math. <laughs> I like my maths. <laughs> I, I'm a math head. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, 82. Could you imagine still doing that at 82? I hope I have the capability to do so at 82. Yeah. I yeah, just not be- want to wear adult diapers at 82. That's, what, <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> I'm well on my way there. <laughs> mm. I like the I like the stats they pull up. In 22 years, she encountered over 30 bears, four wolves, and hundreds of whales. I want an exact <laughs> number of whales. <laughs> I want to do that, but like with you know with like neighborhood animals. In 20 years in Marshfield, John over encountered over 400 deer, 6,000 squirrels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That would be interesting. A coyote That'd and a honey badger. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 13 budgies because their neighbors didn't know what a cage was. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've just gotten into this book. Uh, she's just narrating what she what happened on her her trip and like I say, it's she just decided one day this is what she's going to do and she did it. Um, mm. She was from Hawaii, so she was paddling there in a kayak, and then she uh, came on over and was doing it from doing the inside passage and everything. So, I'll uh, mm. yeah, I think it's like a seven and a half hour book. I think I've listened to thirty five minutes. Yeah. It's a how many hour book? Like seven and a half hours. Wow. That's only, I mean, when you're looking 30 to 50 minutes a day in rush hour. Yeah. You know, yeah. between yeah. like half there, half back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a week reading or listening. Yeah. You know, started on a Monday and you're done by Friday or the following Monday sort of thing. Yeah. My, my commute to work is uh, about 10 minutes or less. That book would take you a month to listen to. <laughs> a month of Sundays. A month of Sundays. Because he's a course, He's only going to listen to one day. <laughs> it's Sunday. I'm listening to my 10-minute book. <laughs> oh, the books are 10 minutes long. Oh, children's you'd be stories. a scholar. I should get into reading children's stories. Oh, yeah. They have pictures. They're easier. You can't hear a picture. <laughs> Do you know, Derek, um, now that you mentioned that. Well, funny you should mention that. <laughs> Remember that book that uh, One Summer Up North, that children's book I talked about probably a year ago or so now? Yeah. Year? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, John Owens, the author of that, is now working on a winter camping one. Okay. Oh, one okay. winter up north in the Boundary Waters. Ah. Is he going to narrate so, it? Uh, well, I don't know if it'll be audiobook because it's an art book for children, but Derek would like it. Well, I mean, there you go. That's what I'm saying. I mean, just making sure it's odd. Maybe we should just do that. We should just get like a, a tape recorder or something mm-hmm. and record and then just, well, just use our recording equipment here. We'll just record all these children's books and start sending them to Derek. <laughs> Messenger. Like, starting to sound like Christmas present ideas here. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was uh, actually chatting with John today and was asking him about that because I I had heard that he was thinking about doing that and and it's a go so he's hoping to have it done in fall of next year. Awesome. So I was giving him lots of helpful like uh, plot ideas too. How many deaths? Um, well, the father for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I said he should introduce a Windigo. Ooh, that'd which be good. T- takes the father on the first night. Whose name and then, is Derek. 
<laughs> and then it's a fight for survival for the mother and child the rest of the book. After Daddy Derek got eaten by the Wendigo. <laughs> what is a Wendigo? You don't know what a Wendigo is? It's like an evil yeah, spirit. What is it? Spirit, is it yeah. actually Yeti like a dead Sasquatch? bear or dead Sasquatch? No, or? no picture, picture a demonized Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah? Nice. Ah, scared now, aren't you? Yeah. That's ah, I'm learn you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're talking audio books at Derek's Audio Book Club. John, you were talking about a Wild Rescues book. Yeah, Wild Rescues by Kevin Grange. It's a pretty great book. It's uh, My sister sent me a text and said, hey, I, I just listened to this book. You need to check it out. And it is about a paramedic who works out in uh, American National Parks. So he's in, and in some of the big ones, right? He's in Yellowstone and Yosemite and and Green uh, Grand Teton, and so it's it's really interesting. Sorry, Derek just showed me a picture of a Wendigo. They're <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> They're horrifying. I think he's never going camping again. Uh, yeah. So he's written this book about um, the fast-paced, uh, they say, the fast-paced first-hand glimpse into the exciting lives of paramedics. Mm. I mean, we. I mean, I, I get a first hand, first hand, um, front row seat, I guess, to some of the things that go on in a hospital. So you can imagine not having a full hospital emergency room, and you're trying to do some of this stuff out of a helicopter or out of a backpack. And I don't, yeah. I don't think I would want to do that. It's 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 really interesting because there, you know there's some of the things that. You know, you think, okay, well, somebody gets hurt out on a trail, and you have to carry that person out. And what does it take for you know to get people to be able to put him on a litter and get him out? You know, through some of these, I mean, some of these really beautiful mountainous areas, but mm-hmm. but you know, it's incredibly difficult. And so, uh, you know, there's wildlife to deal with. There's he talks a lot about you know the various people that he meets uh, through the course of the job. And and the things that happen to them sometimes good and, and uh, sometimes not so good. But uh, it, it's actually very interesting. Um, you know, he talks a bit about his personal life, uh, introduces you to the people he works with. So, yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's uh, it also gives you a look at kind of the national park service and what it's like to work for the park service, and that's that's also very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I know part of the thing they're saying, you know, uh, more visitors are, are coming in and there's less money going into the parks for things like rescues and upkeep yes. and, and stuff. So that's all got to have a an effect on what he does. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. He, the other thing I liked about it is that he talked about the toll that the work takes on the first responders themselves. Oh yeah, and a lot of you know a lot of books like this or adventure sort of books don't really talk about that. You know the dealing with PTSD, you know post traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. given what they see and experience, and so you know he he talks about that too, which I which I really like, given but you know kind of what they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I shall. I got the book I'm the Paddle North book I'm listening to now, mm-hmm. and there's I got another one after that. Um, because I, I I listened to that one paddling with the Cree about the two guys buddies that 
went from Minnesota up to Hudson's Bay back yep. in the early uh, 1900s. The old new, newsman, right? Uh, yeah. Eric Sutter. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was one uh, not too long ago, a couple of young guys decided they would retrace that route. And they've got mm-hmm. an audio book out as well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that one and then maybe I'll give this wild rescues one a, a listen to as well. Now, is that, is that two young guys or was that two young women? Cause I know that, uh, uh, she's from Minnesota and I'm blanking on her name right now, but, uh, she and her friend did that trip as well. And, uh, it just came out, uh, I think university of Minnesota press, uh, within the last year. No, this is, um, uh, two guys. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, was it Sean Sean Bloomfield Sean. and Colton White? Uh, White Whittle, White. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. No, there's a couple of guys that did this trip. So there's at least three books about this trip. Three different trips, I guess. Yeah. Wow, everybody's so, I mean, doing this trip now. Yeah, same one. I think we should do it next summer. No, I'm coming up with another one. I'm in the, uh, I'm going to talk about what my my. Uh, my Peely Columbia expedition. I've done a little bit more research. Uh, did you? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be about 7,400. I was going to say 1,000. 7,400 uh, kilometers. 7,400 mm. kilometer paddle. Okay. And then about 150 kilometer walk. Okay. I've learned things. <laughs> <laughs> so you're towing a canoe. No, a kayak. But okay, we'll leave, we'll leave that to later. We'll leave that okay. to later. Let's talk about John's Erie Canal update. How's that going, John? Terrible. Really? <laughs> no, it's it's going fine. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Horrible. Next. <laughs> what else? We got? Wait, it's John's uncomfortable terror. What's going on, John? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, actually, I do. I do want to. Before I mention the Erie Canal, the, the real stuff about the Erie Canal, I do want to say for um, American Audible members, um, Kevin Grange's book uh, Wild Rescues is included with the membership. So if you have Audible, you can download that for free and check it out. So um, by all means, American Audible. Why can't <laughs> Canadian Audible have a free book? I wonder if you log. <laughs> If you logged into yeah, I, 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 I log into it uh, through my, my app. I'm going to log in through the actual website on my, 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 my computer mm-hmm. and see if it shows there. It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause, but you know, but a, anyway. Yeah. A free book is a free book unless you're Derek. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one hey. last dig. <laughs> so if this is Derek's audio book club, by the way. Will Derek ever host this if he doesn't listen to audiobooks? Oh, uh, I can host it. Yeah. Welcome to Derek's Book Club. Sean, what have you listened to lately? There you go. <laughs> I don't have to be a listener. Books, right? books, books. I just Everybody's have to interview to the people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at asking questions. <laughs> so tell me about the book I didn't listen to <laughs> or read. <laughs> well, do, you, do you think Oprah reads all the books in her book club? Yes. <laughs> she does. Sure. Don't don't burst my bubble, Mister, or you can just leave right now. Sorry, Oprah. John, tell us about your Erie Canal update. Well, I kicked Derek out of the house. 
I can do that. <laughs> Just hear this thumping in the background while I'm talking. Uh, <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> that's right. Well, actually, what I've been doing mostly is going through and working on, you know, the schedule, trying to line up attractions and, and getting that. So I've got it, got it reworked, got it pretty well worked out now. Um, because this isn't like, you know, I mean, it's, it's not the, it is the dossier style trip. Um, <laughs> awesome. In a way. <laughs> I rubbed <laughs> off on them. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has to be right. Given some of the, you know, like certain things that you want to see, you have to hit it on a day it's open, those yeah. kinds of things. Um, so I've been going through and working on that. We'll start on September 8th and the... Canal closes for the season on October 13th, mm-hmm. and so that's the day we'll go through that fi- those final set of locks, um, and then get into the Hudson River, and on the 14th, then the goal is then to paddle from uh, coming out of the locks and down to Albany. So, and I hear that uh, uh, Governor Cuomo has a lot of spare time on his hands right now, and <laughs> I think he might come say hi to us. There you I go. I think you should invite him on a journey. <laughs> yeah, except you know, then we'd have to say, "Hey, you're a dirtbag. Get out of here." You know, <laughs> it'd be perfect. <laughs> we don't want you on our trip. You're. <laughs> it'd be a perfect trip for him to lay low and hide out yeah. from the media and stuff. <laughs> uh, what about uh, new gear? You got any new gear you're trying out? You know, it's it's just little things uh, for the trip. Um, I want to get. You know, just like like a, a high vis headlamp, you know, with a, as high a lumen output as possible. Well, the the locks close at five, but you know, there's a, there is sort of some shipping traffic on there, if you will. They and so, I just want to have that just to be safe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as I'm down there, um, so it's it's little stuff like that, you know. Um, well, we yeah, I just got that. Uh, we just talked about it. There was the. Fenix uh, HM61R, uh, mm-hmm. and that's got—I mean—everything from a low setting to like, dude, it's—it was night two seconds ago, and now it's in the middle of the day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Settings, uh, which would be perfect for something like that. Right. Um, we're actually—I I bought that for uh, for my wife for when we go to Tomogamy uh, for our ten-day trip, so she's got something a bit uh, brighter than the old headlamp that was like. I'm squinting. I'm not really sure what I'm seeing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you yeah. got to replace stuff every so often. So Fenix, I know, makes... I got that... Wiz- Who makes that Wizard Pro? Uh, that's um, Army Tech, right? Is that Army... Is that Army... I don't think so. Is it? I can't remember. I uh, could be. But yeah, that thing, man, lights up like... Mm-hmm. I can I see the far of side of a lake with that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a bit too much. And that heats up. As well, so when you're getting these high lumen, uh, multifunctional headlamps, uh, watch out how much, how long you have it on different settings. Because uh, <laughs> I had mine kind of high, lighting up the inside of my tent. I took it off, put it on my sleeping bag, and immediately smelled something burning. Ooh, yeah, it melted a hole in my yeah. sleeping bag. It is Army Tech. Wow. Is it Army Tech? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're they're good. Those are really good headlamps. I burned a hole in the inside yeah. of my pocket of my down jacket. Ooh. I must have been fiddling with one of those. Yeah, with one of those. I have a couple of those Wizard uh, Army Tech. Uh, yeah. But that's only if you got on the extreme high setting. Yes. So you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Which, like Especially I say, in your pocket. Unless I'm flagging down the space shuttle. Yeah. 
I don't mm-hmm. think I need it on that <laughs> setting. <laughs> I yeah. I did an experiment. It's waterproof, so I put it in a uh, a cup of water and uh, I made tea with it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <Ooh. laughs> I I Are had you serious? to Yeah. <laughs> I had That's to uh, I had to put the battery on charge as it was in the water. But it's so as soon as you you have to unscrew one quarter turn and it kills the light, but you know, you charge it up a bit and you, then you turn it back on again. So it, uh, it the water was pretty warm, not warm enough to it wasn't actually, boiling. But. No, it wasn't boiling because the battery doesn't last long enough, right? Yeah. And charge the battery, you got to turn the light off. Mm-hmm. But uh, it got pretty warm. I had a camera on it on a time lapse, and it's bear protection. You have it on full blast, yeah, and you touch the bear with it. Yeah, it yips off from the woods. Yeah, Yeah. burn them. Well, I did pick up a you know like a a Duracell a twenty five hundred lumen flashlight. Ooh, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I'll just keep that in the you know in the canoe and around the campsite, and and that should be good. Um, but yeah, so I'd, I'd like to get that. I'm, um, uh, what else am I, it's just little things. I picked up, you know, a small day pack because we'll be going into, you know, a lot of the towns and museums and other stuff there. So, you know, uh, so I picked up like an Osprey 30 liter pack. Um, I'm picking up, a an LG Graham laptop, uh, to, you know, for the trip. They're like two, the heaviest one of the three I'm thinking of is 2.4 pounds. And it's like, Yeah. That's not, I can just throw that in my, when I'm out hiking as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then just use that for, you know, pictures and audio files and, and things like that along the way. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, I've, most of the gear that I I need, I really have. Um, right. And I don't see, you know, Jan thinking that another tent is a good idea somehow. So, you know. <sighs> Negativity like that. Who needs it? <laughs> So yeah, so that's that. Um, let's see what else. Um, gosh, just oh, we did. Uh, just took uh, Lisa and I got together and we went down to Wazi Lake and just to do a speed test to get a sense oh, right. of what it would be. And we ended up trying. What we wanted to do was like replicate what would it be like on the canal. So we'd paddle for a bit, stop, shoot some pictures, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In the wind, out of the wind, uh, you know, headwind, tailwind, just every kind of thing that we could do with that and ended up with an average of 2.6 miles per hour or 4.2 kilometers an hour. So, you know, that's, that's a, a little slower than what I expected. But again, you know, if we're, if we're shooting pictures and all that kind of stuff, that just gives me a good idea for planning for a day. Well, and if you're out there doing something like that, you might as well enjoy it and not rush through it too much. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, so, um, you know, again, it's not like it's a, a speed test or a speed run or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, I cool. think, uh, and just looked at the other thing, um, you know, we chatted just a little bit about this before we started recording was the, with COVID and the Delta variant down here is just keeping an eye on that and see what it's going to be because a lot of the, well, some of the attractions along the way still haven't reopened from the initial shutdown. Right. So we're going to watch and see what happens if, because the Delta virus uh, or Delta variant is, is going down through here so fast right now that if it starts to close down more options, then we may look at 
you know, uh, maybe uh, a postponing or, or a, a different trip. And right now, the, the different trip that keeps coming up is Isle Royal. So um, that's not a bad backup. Not at all, especially since there's <laughs> less people there. A lot less people, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I really want to do the Erie Canal. I'm hoping, you know, obviously, it, it's just, you know, you planning during a pandemic, right? So yeah. you make your make plans. Your plans and up. hope for the best. Right, and figure out a backup if you need it. But, you know, this is just, it's a different trip. It's its something that looks cool. I really, really want to do it. So I think, you know, I think uh, I think kind of getting getting pretty close to being set. And again, I not have to buy a lot of, you know, like paddling gear for it. So mm-hmm. um, you and I were talking about solar chargers a little bit as well and won't need one for this trip, right? Just some battery backups, and I can plug in along the way because there's going to be so many different places where you have that option. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Awesome. So you were, yeah. What are you, what are you looking? Now, Derek bought one too, right? A solar charger? Yeah. You know what? We're going to get into that. Let's take a quick break here. Um, and, uh, yeah, when we come back, let's talk about solar chargers. Because it's becoming cool. a bit of a... I'm noticing a lot more people are, are having those. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll uh, chat about that. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So yes, let's talk solar chargers. Yes. Uh, I don't have one. I've been contemplating one for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I think with everything else I've been buying, because apparently all of a sudden I got rich over the pandemic, it's <laughs> <laughs> called not driving anywhere and having all that money to put into your car. Exactly. And no gas. It's amazing means, how much you yeah, save, eh? Oh, yeah. Not going anywhere. You're not buying food, like outdoor, you go, you're going yeah. to restaurants, and you're not going on trips, and that money just builds Mm -hmm. because you got nothing to spend it on (laughs) camping gear there you go there you go (laughs) uh john you've got one or two or six i have let's see i've got a couple of solar different solar panels uh you know the chargers Uh, one is a small goal zero Mm -hmm. um and that's mostly just to what is it it's uh nomad seven so it's the smallest one and uh, you know, charges up the four, the little, the four batteries, rechargeables, and then you use that with, um, you know, whether it's a, a, a GPS unit or whatever it might be. It's not great for phones, um, it, right? It doesn't, and it, you know, it's really honestly, it's not, it's not big enough, um, especially if you paddle in the north. Um, 
where you don't get as much good, you know, direct sunlight. Well, and that's, yeah, that's uh, sort of what I was looking at is, as the minimum minimum. That was way too minimum. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I just got it for, for small items, you know, and uh, I think I got it on maybe my second trip up on the Yukon. Right. Um, and, and the Goal Zero, to be honest, I found that it wasn't real reliable, that the the charging system, the indicators were way off. So if you put it in bright sunlight, it could be completely empty. You put it in bright sunlight for five minutes, and it goes to a solid green, saying that it's charged up. But it's like, no, it's just sitting in bright sun. You know, it, there, there's really no good. Um, it, it's not a capacity indicator. Right. And so, uh, and I also had it uh, actually melt uh, one of the chargers. Yeah. Yeah, had, he, had it sit in direct sun, and it actually melted the charger. So that was like, ooh, I don't think I'll buy that again. So I ended up buying for the Yukon Journey. I ended up getting a, a Japanese company, Suooki, and uh, got a large, uh, like a nine-panel uh, solar charger and laid that out on, on the top of the spray deck. So we had the, the Novacraft Prospector, mm-hmm. had the Northwater spray deck on top of that, and then we laid that on the spray deck, Ran the power cord down to the to the battery um, through the spray deck, and then I got a GSI um, waterproof box. And before I left, I ran a cable through that, and then sealed. Uh, you know, uh, made sure it was a fixed well. Sealed all of it up. So what you can do is you can actually have it in a sealed waterproof box, so it's running. Uh, is picking up solar power from the top of the spray deck, and it goes down under, you know, under the spray deck. So it's actually a, a really good, reliable system, mm-hmm. and that worked pretty well. But again, you know, your, you know, your northern days where you don't maybe have a lot of good, strong sun, where you have, you know, rain about every of those five minutes. So you know, you you end up leaving that out at night in the campsite and everything too. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I think it, it worked well. Now for Erie Canal, no, I'll I'll, I'll plug in, and uh, you know it's. I also have a couple of just small power banks that I take out with me. They're about a pound each. Yep. But but they're you know I can for a hiking trip or a paddling trip where I, I've got the cameras and a phone and a GPS unit and GPS watch. That thing will hold me eight days. So not too shabby. Yeah, and see. Um, you, you went the route of the waterproof box and I've Mm -hmm. seen other people do the wire going from the solar panel into, uh, like a dry bag that they then close, uh, you know, because the, 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 the cable will roll some, so they roll Mm -hmm. it a few times and then they'll clip it onto the, uh, the yoke or, or, um, Northern Scavenger. They Mm -hmm. do, they do that. They clip it right onto one of the, the, uh, the thwarts, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. that sort of deal. Um, so that's definitely the route I would go. And now the, the, I was also looking at, you know, they got these other big power banks and stuff like that, but for what I need, we carry these little, the little power banks for, you know, it'll charge my phone like four times or, you know, right. it'll, it'll charge my phone, the Fitbit. Uh, and and some GoPro batteries a few times. So if you've got a couple of those, mm-hmm. 
And then you're just charging those yeah. as you go during the day. If it's like a couple of days or a week long trip, like yeah. I, I've, I haven't really needed solar on the shorter trips just because the, I've got a lightweight battery bank and it charges and it's like for my GPS and for my phone, the phone I use for connecting to the GPS and the phone I also use for, uh, for taking pictures and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Because I don't carry a normal camera on trips with me. So my phone is, it's in airplane mode and it's minimally used. So it, I can go a week without charging the phone, really. Maybe on day four or five, I might give it a little pop-up and top-up and just, you know, just to see how, you know, just to get through the rest of the week, right? And my GPS will, this Aleo will run more than a week on a battery charge if you're you're not using tracking or stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, but anything more than a week, then, which is why I started buying some solar panels, just because if I do an extended trip, out in the middle of nowhere, then, then I, I, and sure you can do without all the technology, but I want to, I, I need to use it for, let's say I'm going to, let's say, what if I want to read a book on my phone? Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? That we just told you're lying. <laughs> Might just happen. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Who is this guy on the microphone over there? Where did Jerry Derrick go? But just in case, say it's a rainy day, and he's like, well, I could go fishing or I could read a book, right? I had so. an epiphany. It's called Read a Book. Has <laughs> anybody heard of this? <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, it, it's on longer trips, I, I wanted uh, solar backup just to just to keep stuff charged. like Because all my, all my headlamps are rechargeable and my phone is rechargeable. The GPS is rechargeable. I, I, I don't bring batteries, right? Mm-hmm. I just re- drink, bring a battery bank and recharge everything. Well, my yeah. DSLR system is plug-in recharge. It's mm-hmm. not USB recharge. Yeah. Uh, Tracy's camera is same deal. you got to take the battery out, put it in the thingy, and plug it into the wall. I was looking at one of these Goal Zero Sherpa 100 AC power banks. Um, <laughs> you need a cart to haul it. <laughs> no, actually, you don't. It's only two pounds. Yeah, that surprised me when you told yeah. me that. It's, it's really rather light. Yeah, it's it's you meant know, for backcountry stuff. Seven and a half inches by one inch by five and almost three quarters inches. It's not all that big. Uh, it takes like 16 hours to fully charge. How many? 16. Hmm. 12 to 16. So, but you can you can power phones, tablets, DSLR cameras, laptops, including the power-hungry MacBooks. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's impressive. I am not taking a laptop on a canoe trip unless I'm doing a multi-dollar documentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and and it's three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I can pick up one of these jobby jobs for twenty bucks at Best Buy, mm-hmm. and I can get four or five of those. Yeah. Yeah, I can't recharge my DSLR batteries, but I use my cell phone as um, an extra camera. Yeah. So I can quickly check it out and just do a quick, quick little picture. I use it as my journal because, you know, you have the notes app. Okay, and I, yep, type, yep. I type my, instead of bringing paper and pen and writing, I'll sit there and I'll type as we go, right? So, oh, yeah, uh, this portage at this time took a, we left the portage at this time. Oh, we saw this and we saw that and oh, five moose, yeah. you know, tap dancing across the portage yeah. or whatever. It's like a daily diary. It's, yeah. So I don't have to remember all this stuff mm-hmm. or pull out a, a, a book or something and write yeah. it. 
I just quickly pull out the phone. So I top that up a couple of times, you know, depending on how much you're, you're writing sort of thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. phone and the GoPro batteries, I find depending how much you use them, die. You know, they, oh, these are much longer oh, GoPro batteries yeah. this time and this version and da, 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 whatever right. they are. Not. That's the biggest complaint I've heard about GoPro batteries. Oh, batteries just, depending on yeah. the weather, like especially if it's cold, they just disappear like so quick. Yeah. And, and yep. the GoPro is battery hungry. So Yeah. Do you have anything like those, John? Yeah. Yep. And and you're exactly right. They they just, the juice is it just goes away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's the other reason I keep that what is it, a twenty 28,000 milliamp battery pack mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and that's that's exactly cuz I've got the one I got the little chargers now you can fit two GoPro batteries in it and charge mm-hmm. it off of USB. Which right. is perfect on one of these little battery banks that I have. Yes. Yep. Right? So that yep. that covers that. So I'm looking at that. Your your goal goal zero nomad seven. Just not mm-hmm. not enough. Oh it's right. Not at all. So I was looking at the Nomad twenty eight, which is like two hundred and fifty bucks. Mm. Yeah. Right? Uh twenty eight watt panel, charge USB devices directly. Uh, or there's a detachable kickstand, so you can angle it properly to get the maximum sun. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, weatherproof layering, power flow indicator to ensure the best solar charging experience. So I don't know if that's a you're, yeah, it's it's getting the most that little level that you're talking about that green level thing. I don't right. know if that is an actual you're getting the perfect amount of sun to charge what you need to charge. Or yeah, you're fully charged. I'm thinking it may be a. It's it's working. It's, it's working optimal. Mm-hmm. You're getting 100 percent charge through your panels right now. Yeah. And as it gets as it gets cloudier, that should go down. I would think. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I, I I don't know. That's just guessing on my behalf. Just from some of the stuff I've read, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um. See, when I picked it up, it was marketed as this is your indicator. This is, you know, uh, where you're at. And right. I find out, like, the very first time we took it out, I was like, no. <laughs> it, if it is, it is really off. But then it melted. So, you know. <laughs> and then it melted, so you weren't sure. <laughs> that's that's all part of the gimmick. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Right. There's, a self yeah. def- there's a little self-defense mechanism in there. Oh, he's catching on. Self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they call it the power flow indicator to ensure the best solar charging experience. Mm. Uh, larger footprint allows for quicker charging of their Yeti and Sherpa power packs. Uh, charge phones, tablets, other USB devices, uh, and the Goal Zero power packs. Um, it's three pounds, this uh, Nomad 28. Mm-hmm. Um Folded, it's 12 by 8 by 1 and 3 quarters. Unfolded, 12 by 32 by 0.1. So, I mean, I think that's pretty much comparable to everything else that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. One USB port and one solar port. One solar port? What does that mean? Solar port. It's an 8 mil round. you got to have a little adapter thingy. Oh, to, yeah. so it's a special. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think John just died. <laughs> or <he> just, <laughs> my dog barked out of his own. <laughs> so, I moved as far away as I could for that. <laughs> <laughs> you 
keep going. We'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking at a, a setup with the Nomad 28 and, and the Sherpa 100 power bank, like, it sounds like a good setup if you're, I mean, you're, you're not going to go wrong, especially if you're doing like a, a month long, two month, three month sort of yeah. trip. That seems the way to go, right? Yes. Um, but you're looking at like 550 bucks just to start Yeah, that, you know, that's not including tax. That's not including shipping. That's none of that. Right. So, I mean, six, six fifty to keep all your stuff charged. Yeah. So it, it, I'm just looking up somebody's name here, but, um, who went across Canada Mike Ranta, Jim Baird. Who went with Mike Ranta? <laughs> Who went with Mike Ranta? Yeah. Nobody. Oh, Spitzy. I, I, I thought you said Mike One Grandpa. of the trips, he took a photographer dude. <laughs> oh, uh, David Jackson. Dave Jackson. Dave Jackson. He's going to buy a setup, a system like that because he does. He's that, yes, his living. I was just looking at some pictures by him today. He's up north somewhere and some he takes some fantastic pictures. Yeah. But So he's he's probably going to be pretty heavy on battery use. Yeah. It, so but this is his, this is his bread and butter. For something like that. That's his bread and butter. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know what? Oh, you, and then if you dig, if you start digging into reviews because, mm-hmm. you know, you're bored at work and you'd rather be doing <laughs> something else. Oh, sorry. Anything was, else. Was that my outside voice? Uh, no, when you're you're sitting there and you're digging into stuff, like you're thinking, wow, goal, goal zero is the thing to have. Mm-hmm. You're buying the name for one. Yes. Yeah. You're going yeah. brand. You know, when you, when you're looking at everything that's compatible, you're you're paying money. Yep. Too much money for that name. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. When you start looking, not everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. There are right. a lot of... And I also think that at that level... The people who are buying into that kind of system, I think they have higher expectations. Mm-hmm. And so maybe a, uh, a low-end user would buy a Goal Zero and be more than they need, so they're going to be happy with it. But somebody who's going to be a power user, somebody who's going to be, you know, this is you know, this is what they do for a living, they need this, uh, yeah. then they're probably going to go, oh, well, it doesn't quite meet the needs as I had thought or hoped or as it is stated. So, you know, a power user might be disappointed in some of the middle end systems when you when you go high end for the pros i don't know what system that would be but they're probably going to be spending thousands right Mm -hmm. well see that's like my f6 here my zoom recording yeah exactly i can take rechargeable batteries i can plug this in Mm -hmm. so if i have my little portable power bank we could really take this show on I the road. I could plug that into it yeah. and use that as the big battery. Mm-hmm. I can get those power banks fully charged. And when we did the the Severn, Trent Severn River yep. last year, Ben Stacy um, tied those onto the thwarts. Okay. And then plugged the GoPro into that. Mm-hmm. So rather than using the GoPro battery, you're actually using these bigger battery banks. Oh, so right? he had the GoPros powered b- directly from solar. Yeah. Huh. Well, not some, from solar, but from the black battery yeah, okay, bank. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at night, he could take you could take those, and you'd have a couple extra even while you're yeah. paddling during the day, and they're charging while you're paddling. So instead of changing out a GoPro every 40 minutes, you're, mm-hmm. you have like eight hours of power for a GoPro. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. 
So there's there's so I think with with that kind of deal, you can get away with just the the solar panel. Yeah. So I had narrowed it down um, to two different char solar chargers, and like I say, I was looking at this Gold Zero, the Nomad Twenty Eight with the Sherpa. The, the whole meal deal and like I say, adding some cables. Now, I was up to 700 bucks. <laughs> Wait a second. You know what? <laughs> 700 bucks. There better be a Sherpa <laughs> to carry this. This is stuff, out of control. Right? <laughs> uh, but the other thing I was just looking at, you know what? I just need a good solar panel mm-hmm. that will charge quickly, will charge properly. And one of the big things in doing my research is uh, continued. Uh, charging, and so if it's charging yeah. and the sun gets or the sun disappears, or you go under a tree, or you or, go under a tree, or yeah. yeah, something like that, and then you get back out into it, it continues charging. Mm-hmm. Some of them just stop. Yeah, you got to reset when, it or yeah. something. You, plug you got to unplug in. it, plug it back in to start it going again. Mm-hmm. It's like no, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> I want it just to keep on going. Yep. It'd be like taking my spot unit. When I get off the lake, I've got to turn it off and then turn it back on at the other end of the portage so it'll start tracking again. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does yours do, do yours do the automatic uh, charging, John? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely the way to go. So the other one that I had talked about, uh, Derek, you went out and bought it. I did. I hope it's not the last one. No, no, they they. I'm gonna be several. very mad if it's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had uh, I I have a Sierra Madre one that I bought, and uh, it uh, I liked it. It was the first solar panel that I had, but I noticed that it's not very good in low light. So mm-hmm. as soon as you get a bit of cloud cover, it really drops off quick. It doesn't have the low light capability. And uh, so I was, and plus its output is a USB-C. So if you have any USB, or USB, yeah, USB-C. Yeah, USB-C. So the, what is the normal USB-A plug-in? So if you have any of the cords for that, then you need an adapter. And so that kind of irked me a bit. I had needed to carry an ex- extra adapter around. And plus the fact that, you know, you uh, as soon as you, you lose a little bit of light, it it's really drops off quickly. So it was, I thought you know what this is not suiting my needs and uh so i went and bought uh the big blue and uh yeah the so big blue three big blue three has three outputs and uh so i was i, I just got it this week and uh, i was trying it out uh today and it was in some low light there was it was overcast we we're expecting rain and uh i was getting like a really decent charge to my uh samsung phone from the big blue but the uh, the Sierra Madre one wasn't charging at all. There's zero output. Well, and the thing with that is, if you've got a layover day or a rain day, mm-hmm. and you're stuck under that tarp all day, yeah, what are you doing? You're going to try to dry out some stuff, or you're going to relax. You're going to clean up some stuff. You're going to try to yep. charge some of your batteries and stuff. Yeah. Might read a book. Use more battery. <laughs> <laughs> this is a funny guy tonight. <laughs> But we yeah. got a comedian <laughs> over here. <laughs> but what I, what I like about it, it's it's a bit heavier. I was I thought it was thirty six ounces or something, but you said it twenty six. Twenty six ounces. Yeah, it's one point three pounds, mm-hmm. which realistically now it's not too one bad. of the one of the big cons 
of this because you know you look at the, the pros and cons. Yeah, they say it's kind of bulky, but this is. I mean, the Nomad Twenty Eight is three pounds. Yeah. This is less than half that. Yes. How is they calling this bulky? How are they calling that yeah. thing bulky? And that's, it's, it's, right. it's, it's about the size. Well, anybody who's had a solar set of solar panels that they're, they're typical sizes. Both my sets here. It's like, it's like carrying size. around a thicker iPad. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's uh or similar size to a book or something. Right. So you wouldn't know that. <laughs> I don't keep throwing it in. <laughs> He's trying to sound edumacated now. <laughs> like Derek knows how heavy a book is. <laughs> he says. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? I'm thinking like that. For my, you, you got to look, and we've talked about this before. Is that a luxury or is that a, well, I'd like to have, you know? It or depends on what you're is using that a, for. I need it. Mm-hmm. The whole goal goal zero Sherpa with the Nomad and everything, that's that'd be a luxury. I don't need that, mm-hmm. you know. And the more I dig into the the goal zero stuff, it may not be as cracked up as yeah as as yeah. It, would. it may just be a well. It was out there first, and so many people bought it right off the get go. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a big name, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I know John. You don't you don't really care for no the goal no, zero. I went. I, I went with the uh, the Suoki for that um, a Japanese company and and was you know really pleased with it and uh, but now you know for, not for me I wouldn't go back that way again. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think my purchase this week is going to be one of the uh, big blue threes. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they have any left. <laughs> Derek got the last one. If you want to try this one out. If you want your barbecue batteries back. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Mystery solved. Somebody stole your barbecue batteries. (laughs) I wonder who. We talked about that offline, didn't we? Yes. (laughs) People are going, what? (laughs) Somebody stole the batteries from Derek's two barbecues. Yes. That make his barbecue go click, click, and start on fire. (laughs) He blamed his kids. (laughs) No, but that's the first suspect, right? Not when they will. The, the, I guess they're that age, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're that age. They're poking and prodding. Hey, what's this do? Yeah, what's this do? Oh, yeah, but they said it wasn't them. Yeah. Well, was they some... said it wasn't them, and you believe them. <laughs> they probably got 13 <laughs> batteries hidden under their bed somewhere. Could be. Could be. Where's all the batteries from the remote controls? <laughs> <laughs> Derek, looking at her all over the place, and there goes your little one. Yeah. He's running up to his room. There's your first hint, Derek. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh no, I think I'm going to I think I'll go with the big blue 3. And like 140 bucks. Yeah. So going from my $700 original, you know what? This is a awesome setup that I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I say, we talk about that. You start at the top and when you I mean, I honestly would not have been into canoe tripping if I didn't work that way. You start at the top and you whittle your way down to what you can afford and need. Mm-hmm. Because I was looking at one of those big Ranger bass boats with a big... <laughs> 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 My little dinky car wouldn't have pulled that. <laughs> and we worked our way down and worked our way down and worked our way... Ooh, a canoe. We can afford that. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I think, you know what, for our big tomogamy trip, we'll take it out for that. I'll, I'll order it this week to make sure mm-hmm. we've got one and... Uh, buy a couple extra battery packs that we can use and 
Yeah, when those because those got the little indicator at the side, right? You press the button and has a little indicator that shows how much power you got left stored yep, in the pack. Exactly. And then yeah, we can just throw that out on top of our packs, and we're you know there's some big lake travel that we're doing, so yep. it's like perfect and just don't want to drop it in. <laughs> Is it not waterproof or weatherproof? No. You can't get water inside the ports. There's a rubber, oh, there's oh, a rubber no, but, cap. Yeah. That if you're not charging anything, there's a rubber cap that'll close off the ports. Mm-hmm. So it's splash proof. But it's the ports you have to protect. The, re- yeah. the rest of it is, is basically waterproof. It's yeah, just, so that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. if, if it starts raining, it's not yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's dead the minute water hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think not that's, like you're going to be keeping it out much while it is raining either, Exactly. Right? You're going to put it away right yeah. away. Yeah. What if it's a sun shower? <laughs> will it not charge in a sun shower? It could. Probably will. <laughs> There's sun involved. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's that's the route we're going to go. So uh, what else? I think that's all I got on my list to talk about solar chargers. Anything you want to add about solar chargers, John, that you've learned over the years? Uh, no. I No. No. Use them in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> yours doesn't come with not- the yours doesn't come with the little uh, stand that lets you angle it, right? No, no, this no. is no. Oh, you're talking to him about the yeah. oh, either, either of yours, either of us. No, it's just no. Mine is mine is uh, like a hanging panel. Yeah, well, same as mine. I've seen some of them. Like you, you lay them out on your pack or something. People actually yep. hang them off the back of their their Backpack. backpacks when yep. they're hiking. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yep. Yeah. You couldn't with this one because you'd you'd end up tripping up. It's it's like nine panels long and yeah, that's that's <laughs> long. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. Tell you what, it was great for you know again for the Yukon journey because we did have you know we had the drone and we had all the big cameras and yeah. So we needed something that was going to work and yeah, it, it worked well. Awesome. Yeah, and you know what? Something that's going to take. There's one thing I think it was like forty eight hours to charge. <laughs> no. <laughs> just <Yeah>. no. <laughs> 48 hours yeah. charge that bat. Nah, next. Yeah, you don't yeah. need that. So, um, Okay, what else we got up here, boys? Oh, this is going to be a bit science-y. Oh. <laughs> a bit science-y. Yes, the weird science book out. We had lots of questions, and we were puzzling over a lot of things. To <laughs> yes, yes. So I was on innovationorigins.com site and came across this article about sustainable stand-up paddle boards made of balsa wood from scrapped rotor blades. I'm thinking a helicopter. I'm thinking, what? Well, when you first said it, I thought, was that for an airplane? Yeah. Airplane rotors? Where where else do you hear of rotors? Yeah. You know, uh, like in a car. Yeah. Rotator cluff. Yeah. Right. I was, I was thinking <laughs> propeller-driven airplane. Yeah. Plastic stand-up paddle boards are not very environmentally friendly, right? Usually petroleum-based materials such as epoxy resin, polyester resin, other chemicals used with fiberglass and carbon fiber. So not environmental at all. And in lot, many parts of the world, these plastics are not recycled. They just get turfed somewhere, landfills. Uh, large quantities of the plastic ends up in the ocean. You know, in those big, uh, those big ocean plastic islands that they have that float around. So there's this guy, he's a scientist, Christoph Polar. He's an avid stand-up paddleboarder. 
And he's starting to think of a a sustainable alternative. And he came up with balsa wood from the rotor blades of wind turbines. Mm Mm-hmm. So those big turbines you're driving down. 70 foot blade. Yeah. When we go from, from, uh, Toronto to Windsor or up to Owen Sound, like there's hundreds of these things with these massive blades. So the, he says the, I mean, this led to our, our whole discussion before the show was how much does one of these wind turbines cost? How long do the turbines last? How much is it, you know, how much money does it make? And when does it start making money and upkeep and all that sort of stuff? They're a good idea, but the the profits aren't as big as you'd seem to think. I know. When, when, I was it was like 15 years for, to, to pay off a wind turbine. Yeah. And they only last 20 to 25 years based on... Yeah. Um, Maintenance, mm-hmm. and it's up to forty eight thousand dollars a year for maintenance. Mm-hmm. So you, it's not a big you profit. Gotta, you got to have a lot of them to start paying for all the input costs mm-hmm. and the maintenance and replacement. Because you're going to tear if you're at the end of its lifespan, you're going to want to put another one up. Well, the the big ones they were saying were about four hundred fifty five thousand dollars a year. That's what it makes. Mm-hmm. So if you've only got five years. That's like two and a half million dollars you've made. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, great <laughs> to have the clean energy, yeah, but yeah. that's a lot of... The downside that we found out doing a little bit of digging is the rotor blade graveyards. I know. I was shocked um, by this. Some of them are, what do they call it? Thermal recycling. And what? others, they, they go for thermal recycling. Burned. Okay, okay there we go. Okay, okay. <laughs> all fancy. Okay, I'm on page. Fancy. <laughs> and some, they just dig giant holes and start laying yeah. these propeller blades in and yeah. bury it. Just a big landfill of gigantic blades. blades. Like, that's just so wasteful. So balsa wood grows primarily in Papua New Guinea and Ecuador and has been used in large quantities for wind turbines for years, right? So they say up to six cubic meters of it can be found in a rotor blade. That's a lot. That's a lot of wood. And they're a just, single blade. Yeah. yeah. And they're just burying this stuff or what they call thermal recycling. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, many turbines are going off-grid. And in 2020 alone... 6,000 of them were dismantled. Wow. So 6,000 times three. Somebody got a calculator? 18,000? <laughs> something like that. Uh, so, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me get my fingers going. One, two, three, four, five. It might take a bit. Uh, 18,000 rotor blades. Hmm. This one I would need. 18,000 times six. What's that? Eighty-four thousand square meters, square cubic meters, something like that. Ballpark it. Yeah. Sure, we'll ballpark it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take a hundred thousand. Uh, so that many—that's a lot, a lot of wood. Mm-hmm. So this Christoph Polar and his group said, "What can we do with this?" So in in your common stand-up paddleboard, polystyrene core. 
is reinforced with fiberglass, sealed in epoxy resin, and that sort of stuff. So they decided they would use recycled balsa wood for the core. It has a very low density, so it's light to withstand mechanical stress, right? Being the engineers, they can figure all that. Yeah. All yeah. the, the, the mathemication out. <laughs> uh, in the process of separating the balsa from the outer shell, and they go into a whole thing of what happens and how they do it, blah, blah, blah. The balsa wood becomes chips and fragments and then are finely ground, and this fine material is used to produce wood foam. The density and strength of the foam can be adjusted so it's not too high. Otherwise, you're getting a stand-up paddleboard that you couldn't transport. Um, and so that's what they're, they're, they're figuring. They, if you can get all this balsa wood, it can be recycled. Exactly. Why, yes. why burn it? Why, right. why bury it? Well, at the point where... If they're taking 6,000 windmills down a year, there's just too much balsa wood to recover properly, right? So, uh, what did you say? Thermal recycling? Thermal recycling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I was just looking up uh, some details on balsa wood. So, these things, are they grow like bamboo. Like, uh, they consider them like almost a weed. They uh, Within 6 to 10 years, you have a 45-inch diameter tree. Mm-hmm. So, they grow oh. really fast. They're, they're, very, they're not very dense. They're super light. So, it's, it's, they, do, they just grow very, very fast. So, it's, it's not like they do have tree farms for them. So, it's not like, they're, like it's wasting the wood. But it's uh, it is well, it is wasting it if you just buried it in the ground. Yeah, that's that's a resource that you could use. But well, but for you know one paddle maker, there's only so much wood the paddle maker can mm-hmm. use, right? Well, and you you start looking at okay, we buried it in the ground. What's that going to do in X amount of years? Yeah, it's not going to break. Depending on where you're burying it, and if they leave the mm-hmm. protective layer, the sheath on the on the uh, on the foil, it's uh, could last thousands of years Mm -hmm. so i think they need this is this is a case of um we got to find more uses for it as well to make it Mm -hmm. worthwhile yeah as with everything as with everything so they take this one step farther because the whole thing is renewable sustainable um recyclable materials yep yep the shell of this ecological board is made of 100% bio-based polymer. Oh. It is reinforced with fax, flax fibers grown in Europe, which also have very good mechanical properties. And it's good for you to eat. So, yeah, when you're out... when you're out, It will keep you regular. When you're out standing, <laughs> you're paddle boarding and you forgot your lunch, have a nibble. <laughs> An initial prototype of the ecological board should be available by the end of 2022. Huh. So, you know what? It's a step in the right direction. You know, like we are a very, very, very huge um, disposable yeah. community. We, uh, you know, like as humans, heavy. very resource heavy. Let's just use it and throw it, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody can come up with an idea, and I, you know, when I used to do the light painting, the photography, um, you would post an idea and someone would take that idea and build on it. And then someone would take that idea and build on that till your original idea was everywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Right. This is, I think, the same sort of thing. If you can get one person going, well, if we take that and we can do this with it. Right. Oh, well, if you're doing that with it, we could probably do this with it and that with it and that with it. And and eventually it very be, it becomes very desirable to be getting these blades and, and getting the outer stuff off of it and um, getting the wood back. You know, hopefully that's what it turns into because, yeah, you don't want to be burying this crap. No. You know, like... I, I find it appalling that there'd be that much going into a landfill, right? Because mm-hmm. these are not small blades. It's not like you're, yeah. you know, you're disposing of, like, you know, whatever small items. Yeah, like, it's this not is, a can from your cupboard. Yeah, it, this is a giant foil, a giant mm-hmm. wing for a <laughs> wind turbine. Yeah. That's not a little thing. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, so yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that. See what happens. But yeah, innovative or sorry, innovationorigins.com. and they talk a whole bunch more about the the actual process and stuff like that. If you want to go and check it out, the sustainable stand up paddle board made of balsa wood. Go check that one out. Uh, a couple other things here: the Great Alabama Six Fifty. The world's longest annual paddle race. Have we talked about this before? No, we've talked about the Texas Water Safari. Mm-hmm. Oh, did we talk about this a couple of years back, maybe? We must have. Uh, September 18th to 28th, 2021, it's happening. And if people are people are looking to do something, this is what you need to do. <laughs> Everybody, just, just go. Just yeah, go. just go. <laughs> just go. I don't know why John's not down there doing this. Yeah, John, you, you can't. Can yeah. you? You can do a six hundred and fifty mile uh, race. Right? Oh, he's back. He's back from his Erie Canal trip. Why don't you just when you when the day you come out from your Erie Canal trip? I'll still be on the Erie Canal then. No. Yeah, till October fourteenth. Oh, October fourteenth. There you go. I wrote September. So it takes <laughs> a break. <laughs> oh, hang on, I gotta change things. Now. I thought that sounded kind of odd. October fourth. Wait, you're gonna be in on the Erie Canal for my birthday? I hate you now. Uh, September eighteenth to September twenty eighth. Uh, test your strength, endurance, mental fortitude in the toughest paddle race in the United States. Wasn't that what they said about the Texas Water Safari? They did. It was well, you notice one? how they're and they're all parsing these too. Like there, there's like well, it's the world's longest annual paddle race. Mm-hmm. It's the longest section in one state. I mean, it, you know, there's all these things where they're it's the biggest. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to think people are getting shammed here. (laughs) Uh, From rushing whitewater to ambling river delta, the race will challenge even the most experienced paddler. The race is sure to be one of a kind experience that will not soon be forgotten. September 18th to September 28th, 650 mile paddle race across the state of Alabama, which is 1,046 kilometers. That's a big trip. That's massive. Yeah. Begins in the northeast section of the state and finishes at Fort Morgan in Mobile Bay. Must not be... Well, there can't be portages. This is like... It's probably a whole bunch of everything. But it's 10 days long, a 10-day race. Yeah. The meanest link is uh, 420 kilometers. So this is over twice as long. 
Yes, well over twice as long. Yeah. Uh, prize money split between three divisions. Go to alabamascenicrivertrail.com and you'll find a link for the great Alabama 650. West Hansen is running in this year's race in the men's solo division. Um, since they had to postpone their Arctic expedition, yep. he's doing this instead. So uh, I, last I heard, he was still looking for um, uh, not sponsors, the people that help him out, his team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Support crew? Support, Support crew. crew. That's the word. I know there's an S in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so why is his... I knew there was letters in that word. Why did he postpone his Arctic expedition? Because they can't get into Canada. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, just a border yeah, crossing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. down in Texas, and Canada yep. stands between but the Northwest Passage now. And now. But he needed to know before August 1st. Oh, sure. did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was their drop-dead date. Hmm. So they're going to do it next year. Yeah. Um... But yeah, if he's looking for support crew still for to help out, so if you go to his Facebook page, West Hansen dot or whatever West Hansen on Facebook, yes, um, the, he has little messages there, and you can send a little little message and uh, help him out. That should be fun. So we'll keep an eye, eyeball on that. That's September. That's that's like about a month and a few days away. Yeah, that's kind of close. Awesome. Uh, the last thing you guys got anything else? I don't. But nope. I see that you do. I got one last thing, an update on the Peely Cape Columbia expedition. And the name changes pretty much every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like that you took your name out of it. Uh, <laughs> it's the Peely Cape Columbia Roly, not Derek expedition. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like you would be kayaking on pack ice the last 150 to 200 kilometers. So Robeson Channel comes between Ellesmere Island and Greenland and empties into the Lincoln Sea, which turns to frozen. When does it? Always. It, it's, so it's always covered. Yeah, there's a part that, that it comes out so far, and then mm-hmm. it's it looks like it's always covered. Yeah. From what I'm what I'm reading and seeing and all, yeah. it's... it's but there, because there was a couple of things I was talking, uh, reading that say, you know, when they were exploring, they had to pack, park their ship like 140 kilometers away because it didn't melt after that. Oh, okay. Right. So they had to go on the pack ice and stuff like that. I'm not sure how close to alert, uh, that it becomes unpaddleable, but if you could at least paddle to alert, mm-hmm. that'd be perfect. Well, alert is flying only, right? Mm-hmm. You can't take... There's no shipping... Well, there's traffic. boats that go up that way. But not all the way to alert. But I think coast. then they hang a right and go around Greenland. Yes. <laughs> sort <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> um, but, so, my thing was... Now, the other thing was, was weather. Mm-hmm. Right? We were talking about the weather. Uh, it starts dipping into the minus temp- Celsius temperatures in August, from zero to minus four at oh, nights. Okay. Right? Uh, September, minus 7 during the day to minus 15 at night. Mm-hmm. October, minus 16 to minus 23. So you're pushing your luck. Mind to you! <laughs> daylight, 24 hours of daylight oh, up until uh, September. Uh, early September, the days start 23 hours of daylight, mm-hmm. 22 hours of daylight. 20. So you can get longer paddling. Yeah. You can paddle whenever you want. <laughs> It's 3 a.m. I think I'll get up and go yeah. for a paddle. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, so, yeah, you, you definitely, 
we talked about, well, you have to be off by September. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because like October when you're dealing with... It gets brutal. Yeah. But I'm thinking about this. If you've got to drag your canoe, because these people, you see them, they have a rope and they're just dragging their canoe across yeah. the ice, right? Mm-hmm. Destroying it. What about a set of skis that sort of drop down like from Inspector the Like Gadget type skis? I don't know. <laughs> but you, they, they'd be up. So you could sort of like drop them down with some little detachable pegs or something and then put the pegs back in and they yep. stay. So you're not, so there is like a, a, a ski, a couple a of skis or something. hold stop your, the hole from, yeah, from so it keeps, ice so it keeps it off. Yeah. So it keeps it off the ice. Mm-hmm. However, you could just mount those to the side to yeah. strapped into the sides or whatever. And then come time, you just put this little contraption together, put your kayak yeah. on it yeah. and then tow it. So you're, you're actually towing on two skis instead of exactly yeah. the bottom of, uh, of the kayak, right? Seems doable. I would think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's still some more research to be done, but what do you want? This is all I had time for since last week. Yeah. I'm not doing this for another 90 years. <laughs> just wait, waiting for, yeah. you know. But no, they, they actually, on some of the pictures I saw at Cape Columbia, the pack ice, they've actually built like a runway on the ice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. But I figure if you do it, we'll call it 200 kilometer walk across the pack ice towing your kayak and you just walk along the coastline there yeah but on pack ice so you, mm-hmm. there is up downs and yeah. side sides so it's not it's not going to be a walk in the park it'd be pretty rough might rip yeah. off your little skis could be uh that's something i'll have to take a chance <laughs> well, i may just ditch them you never know yeah um it's just like kayak wheels right yeah this is a great idea canoe wheels or kayak yeah. wheel until you find out you're going up and down over rocks and roots and <laughs> yeah. first portage they get abandoned <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah i think this is if you had to do that how long would it take you i mean you wouldn't have to worry about um the uh, frozen ice at that point mm-hmm. if you know you're gonna have to do it be a couple of weeks then you're yeah you're walking for a couple of weeks and then do you end up having to walk back to alert with everything. So you walk all the way to Cape Columbia mm-hmm. from wherever you you had to stop paddling. You get there, go, woohoo! Yeah. All right, let's go back. <laughs> Imagine what it would cost to charter a plane to come pick you up and alert. Well, they have planes that do go back and forth. Yeah, but those right? are military planes. I don't know if they'll well, just they're let Well, they're scientific and all yeah, that. that's true, too. You'd have to work something You'd make out. You'd make an arrangement, yeah. 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 We'll give you Derek. <laughs> and you give us a ride home. Yeah, yeah. You can do whatever you want with Derek. Shave his head, do there brain experiments, ship him into space in a garbage can. Whatever Feed him to polar want. bears. Feed him to polar bears. Cover him in bear grease and honey and <laughs> send him across the Arctic tundra. There you go. Tumbling. Yep. And you can have his kayak too. <laughs> Just give us a lift home. So that's that's my research for this week. It's starting to come together. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't mm-hmm. I starting to find stuff out? Like yeah. this probably ain't ever going to happen. And that's the key thing. So it's, it's all about the locational info. It's like eventually, as you get more re- refined information, you're going to have to start reaching out to people for like local experience. Local, local. I am going to plan this entire thing via Google, <laughs> via the internet. That's it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if the people can do all their scientific study on vaccines and everything by Google. 
<laughs> then I can plan a trip to the. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the the North Pole is only like seven hundred fifty miles or something from. Oh, from there, yeah. So hmm. if we get ambitious and want to just go that extra, I mean, we've already gone seven thousand four hundred. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's another seven hundred. Yeah. And if you go to the North Pole, you can get a lift back by some Santa Russian Claus. by a Russian sub. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'll see your kayak and raise you a sub. <laughs> okay, you win. Whatever. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I will have more updates on the 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 great Roly Peely Cape Columbia John Van Berger not Derek trip oh. expedition <laughs> thing. <laughs> Just start throwing names in now. Yeah. <laughs> if you want your name on this expedition, yes. it's nine ninety five. Uh you got nothing else there, Derek? I've got nothing. John, anything? Uh Kevin Callen next week on the Outdoor Kind Adventure Show podcast. Oh, oh right. Yeah, nice. and you've got your two if you haven't listened to John's uh podcast lately he's had lucky last two you're lucky <laughs> uh two episodes with uh, james raffin oh there you go mm-hmm. nice yeah yeah <laughs> see someone cool in this room's paying attention <laughs> yeah. yeah derek i was going to support you up in your alert but now you're on your own buddy <laughs> yeah yeah he'll be the one putting the honey in the polar bear grease yeah. on you there you go that's right <laughs> <laughs> And kicking you out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, John, where can people find your podcast? Uh, TheOutdoorKind.org uh, is our website. And you can find it on there or any major podcast platform that you can find Paddling Adventures Radio. You'll find us too. Wow. That sounds pretty good. Just lurking about. Yeah. Just, we're lurking. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go give that one a listen. Uh, if you want to find more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream the episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and as John says, all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to our episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com, listen or uh, download all our episodes there. 287 of them now. Yikes. Wow. wow, eh? Feeling That's old crazy, now. man. Feeling old. <laughs> You're at what, seven, John? <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just put out number six. Number yes. six. <laughs> number seven next week with Kevin. We're at number 287. John's at six. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. One day, son, this will all be yours. <laughs> uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with you, all your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. John, thanks for coming on this week. It's been a blast. Thank you, guys. Derek, thanks for coming on this week. <laughs> maybe your last week. I don't know. We'll yeah, maybe. You're not here next week, are you? I'm not here next week. Wow. Maybe your next last week, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>